Good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners as we always do. And we keep telling you that we're really appreciative of your being there, and that's true. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to serve God in this way, in this program. And each day, gather together and search the scriptures and do exactly that. Dig deep into God's word. Look beneath the surface. Try to examine it in detail and understand what it really says, what it really teaches, and try to communicate that to you in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal lives on a daily basis. That's our desire. That's our goal. That's what we strive to do. And we pray that as we do that each day, that your knowledge of God's word is growing. And as your knowledge grows, we pray that your faith is growing. We keep emphasizing that's exactly what the scriptural plan is. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And as your faith grows, we pray that you're growing closer to God and that you're becoming better equipped to be able to make that decision one day to follow him all the way, his way, through Jesus Christ as you're baptized into him for the remission of your sins. That is our prayer. We pray to help you toward heaven. And we pray for you on a diligent and regular basis. Good to be here today again with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. It is certainly wonderful for me to be on the program with you today as well. And I'd like to also welcome those listening to Search the Scriptures. We do appreciate you tuning in. And we know that for many of you, you do this on a regular basis or certainly as often as is possible. Thank you for choosing to do that. Thank you for your interest in God's Word and the impact it can have on your lives. And really that word can have a very profound impact upon our lives. You know, I'm reminded of something that Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17. Now, in verse 16, he talked about the fact that all scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable for a number of things, among them doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. But then in verse 17, he said that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And certainly we hope that those of you who do listen to the program on a regular basis are finding that to be more and more the case in your own personal life. You are becoming more equipped to handle things in the way God expects us to handle them, to speak to others the way God expects us to speak, even to think in our minds, in our hearts, the way that God would expect us to think. Again, thank you for being with us today, and we hope this will be a beneficial time for you. Amen. Dennis, we're going to get back into James chapter 1 and verse 27, and we're looking at the second part of this particular verse. It really has a two-part message as to how we ought to be pursuing pure and undefiled religion in our lives. Now, what yes. does that say? Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, I suppose that we could actually look at this from three perspectives. We could talk about the very concept of pure and undefiled religion, mm -hmm. but really, what we see here is that being described or identified in two ways. Mm -hmm. And the first way is to visit, and not, that's not the idea of going and paying a visit, but it is to 
care for, watch mm-hmm. over, see to the needs of orphans and widows. Mm-hmm. That's part of pure and undefiled religion. Yes. And then also, secondly, and this is where we're really focusing in this particular study, keep to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Right. The world is certainly out there, and we noted in our last program that we need to pay particular attention to keep ourselves not aligned with the worldly ways in, that is part of the world in which we live. Yeah, that's right, Gary. There are numerous exhortations and commands in the New Testament alone that speak to that very fact. Christian people, even though we live in the world, certainly we cannot avoid that, but we are not to be of the world. Correct. Now, certainly we live every day in this world. We do. That's physical life. Mm-hmm. But we should not be like the world. Right. We should be separate and not aligned with those worldly ways. Mm -hmm. Indeed, we're supposed to stand out from the world, aren't we? We're really supposed to be different, and it it should be a difference that people of the world can notice. Yes, an example Mm -hmm. of how people ought to live. That's what they ought to see in us. They should. Now, a good example. Yes, that's right. A good example. Mm -hmm. We ought to be distinct, and we ought to present our lives as lives of righteousness and faithfulness and godliness. And that's not to draw attention to ourselves necessarily, and certainly not to get any glory for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but it is to help people see Christ in us. Yes, that's right. If we're Christians, then that means we're supposed to be Mm Christ-like. In fact, the word actually means, as I understand it, in its most um, technical sense, Christ ones. Yes, that's true. And that idea is one like Christ. Mm-hmm. It is. Now, we can never be like Christ in the ultimate sense, as though we're from heaven and we're divinity and, and, and the Son of God in that absolute sense, as he is, but we're supposed to live our lives by his example, by his teachings, by his leadings, and we're trying to live like him. Yes, that's right. And, you know, maybe one of the best ways we could kind of bring a summation to that would be what Paul said in Galatians 2, verse 20, about himself. And he spoke there about the fact that he had been crucified with Christ, and it was no longer he who lived, but Christ was living in him. In other words, Paul was emulating or setting an example of Christ's likeness to the point that as people saw him and noticed what he was doing, what he was saying, etc., it was as if they were looking at Christ. Yes, that's the way it should be. It should be. They ought to be able to see, that is the people around us, the people of this world, mm-hmm. ought to be able to see a better way mm-hmm. by looking at our lives. That's right. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 20, the Apostle Paul talked about where our citizenship is. And we normally think of our citizenship in terms of where we live in this world. Citizens of the United States, 
then we would say citizens of whatever state in which we live, mm -hmm. and then of that particular county in which we live in that state, and then the whatever city or town or municipality in which we live within that county of that state. Right. But what Paul is talking about is there is an ultimate citizenship that is tied to our spiritual identity, mm -hmm. and that's not of this world. Yeah, that's right. How does he put it there? In uh, Philippians 3, 17 through 20. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Yes. And of course, he's talking about a spiritual citizenship. That's correct. And we can see that as our ultimate citizenship. It is. So while we live in this world, our real citizenship, where we ought to find our true ultimate identity, is tied to heaven and heavenly things. Yes. Well, that's the message basically that was there for the apostles and it's the message for us today. The Lord's kingdom is not of this world and we're members of that kingdom if we're true Christians mm -hmm. before him. Yes. And as Christians, we should no longer be living by the spirit of this world, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12. The wisdom of the world we need to remember the way the world lives and the wisdom that the world sees as being wisdom, that's foolishness with God. Yes, that's true. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 19. Mm -hmm. Now, really good passage that I think gets across this particular principle is where we closed in our last program, and that's Romans 12 and verse 2. And there the apostle Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, Mm -hmm. but be transformed, mm -hmm. and there's that idea of changed, mm -hmm. by the renewing of your mind. Yes. We need to not live any longer like this world once we became a Christian. We need to live like Christians. That's we right. We need to live with that heavenly citizenship in mm -hmm. mind. That's right. Now let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and how about reading verses 1 and 2? And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So we once walked according to the course of this world. Mm -hmm. That's rather descriptive language for simply saying the way this world lives. Yes, that's right. But he says we have been made alive. Mm -hmm. When we lived like the world or in the ways of the world, that was when we were dead in trespasses and sins. Yes. Before we had been forgiven, right? That's correct. Before these individuals had become Christians. Yes. And that really conforms to what Paul said in his Romans letter in chapter 6 and verse 23 when he said, the wages of sin is death. That's right. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm -hmm. Now there are the two images again 
the two ways of life mm -hmm. put in stark contrast once again. Yes. The wages of sin, the ways of the world, death. Mm -hmm. The gift of God, living in Christ, eternal life. Yes. Complete opposites. Yes, and the only two options we have available. So we once walked in the ways of the world, mm -hmm. by the course of the world, but now we live in the ways of God and mm -hmm. of Christ. Correct. And it's interesting that when Paul says the, when he describes or talks about the course of this world in, in Ephesians 2 and verse 2 there, he says, according to the prince of the power of the air. Mm -hmm. Who's he talking about there? Satan. Yes, the devil himself. Yes. In other words, the ways of the world, the course of the world, the way the world lives, the natural way to live mm -hmm. as a member of this world and not identified with Christ is a way that is laid out by the devil himself. Yes, indeed. And we need to be aware of that. I, I think, Gary, so often we fail to make that distinction. Uh, we think, oh, yeah, we're, we're doing good. We love God. We believe in God. And yet, if we have not fully committed ourselves to God, come to him his way, we're still part of the world. And we're still under the control of the devil. Exactly right. Let's look at Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. That is really descriptive language. <laughs> yes. Very illustrative. And he talks about an individual who has moved from one life or lifestyle or way of living or one identity from a spiritual perspective to another. Yes, that's In other right. words, this tremendous change has taken place. Indeed it has. Used to be one who lived by the ways of the world again, mm -hmm. and then he comes out of that and he has come into the light spiritually mm -hmm. in Christ. He is now living his life in Christ, for Christ, by the Lord's teachings and guidance, but then if he goes back into that old way, then Paul's, uh, or, or Peter says, it's worse than if he had never come out to begin with. Mm -hmm. He does, that's right. Now we're left wondering there as to just how it could be worse mm -hmm. than death, which is what mm -hmm. Paul describes it as being in Romans 6 and verse 23. But mm -hmm. uh, nonetheless, Peter says it's worse than if he had never left the old ways and, become, and, and come into those new ways. Yes, and I, I think it's really, again, very instructive, Gary, in the first part of that 20th verse. Peter describes the world as being polluted. He said, they have escaped the pollutions of the world. And you know, that's a pretty strong word. Ordinarily, when we think of something that's polluted, we think of something that's extremely contaminated or dirty, it's filthy, it's something you just don't want to be around at all. That's how Peter is describing the world in this passage. Yes, from a spiritual perspective, a perspective we could say corrupted. You could indeed. And they said, now you've come out of that. That's right. And then you go back into that? Mm-hmm. he says, that's worse than never having come out of it in the first place. Yes. 
and as bad as it was. Now, I've, I've often wondered how that could be worse than the condemnation that mm -hmm. is described as the lot of those who live in the world or in the worldly ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the idea that you know what you came out of. You know what you came into. You know what you had in your grasp. Eternal life, forgiveness, salvation, redemption. And now you've given all of that up and gone back into, as you said, the pollution, the spiritual pollution of the world. I've wondered that too, Gary. And i that's about the best I can come up with in terms of trying to figure out what would be worse. But... You think about someone who has done this. They were a worldly individual. They were converted to Christ. They became Christians. They were living faithfully. And then, for whatever reason, they fell back into the ways of the world. And they continued that lifestyle until their physical death. At that point, they're going to be suffering eternal death, eternal punishment, eternal destruction, complete separation from God. And yet, we know that even in that state, people can remember. We uh, can think about the rich man and Lazarus. When the rich man was in torment, he could still remember he had brothers left on the earth. He didn't want them to come to this horrible place of torment. And he prayed to or asked Father Abraham to do something to bring them to their senses so that they don't. So you do have a remembrance of what went on in this world. At that point, when someone is suffering those eternal agonies, torments, punishments, destructions, that's going to haunt them forever and ever. I was once a Christian. I could now be living in heaven. Instead, I'm living in hell. Just amazing and just staggering to contemplate. Yes. You know, we could probably illustrate this in ways that most of our listeners could certainly relate to. You think of somebody who has been caught up in the degradation of, say, alcoholism mm -hmm. or drug addiction. Now, I know that some people say, no, that's a disease. Well, it's a disease that results as a uh, and from, from a course of sin, part of the ways of this world again. Mm -hmm. And it may be that some people are more predisposed toward becoming addicted to those particular substances than others, but it does not change the fact that all of that ultimately is a result of sinful actions mm -hmm. and lifestyles. Yes. But think about somebody who has been caught up in that kind of a lifestyle. And then, by God's grace and with his help, they come out of that. Mm -hmm. They quit drinking. They stop drugging. They get clean. They get straight. They get sober. And they live that productive lifestyle again mm -hmm. of abstinence. And they find themselves having overcome again by God's grace, having overcome that addiction. And their lives almost certainly improve. Yes. And then they go back. Mm-hmm almost unthinkable. It is. You wonder, how could they do that? Mm -hmm. I know a lady who was diagnosed with emphysema. She had been a heavy smoker for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And she took the warning and quickly quit smoking. Mm -hmm. Quickly. And stayed 
smoke less, if you would, for 20 or more years, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then as she continued to go back periodically and have her, her lungs checked and rechecked, and the emphysema became better and better or less and less apparent, and then eventually the doctor told her it's all gone. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly you would think that would be tremendous occasion to rejoice. Oh, what a great thing. And she did rejoice, mm -hmm. but she started smoking again immediately. Mm -hmm. And you wonder how in the world could she have done that? Yeah. And that's a true story. Yeah, just like you say, almost impossible to believe it. Yes, yes. You were there, you came out, and were delivered from that lifestyle and those consequences, and then you chose to go back. Mm -hmm. Almost unthinkable. It is. Let's close today by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new creation. Different. There's that transformation we were talking about. Indeed it is. If he is in Christ, when someone has been baptized into Christ, he's a new creation spiritually. Yes. Old things have passed away. Mm -hmm. He has become a new person. Mm -hmm. Now there's the contrast. You used to be a person who lived in the defilement of the world with all of its sinfulness and all of those consequences that went therewith. And now, as you have become a Christian, you have been transformed, you have been delivered from that condemnation, and you are a new creation spiritually. Yes. Amazing. It is. Now, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. No longer spotted by the world, mm -hmm. but now you have been made pure through the blood of Christ. Well, we're going to continue the study next time, so we will need to stop here. We'll come back, and we encourage our listeners to be sure to tune in again and continue this study with us about what pure and undefiled religion really is. And in this particular emphasis, it is remaining unspotted from the world. We encourage you to contact us right away and ask for that free Bible study, and you can learn how to become and then to live unspotted from the world. And that study is free. We'll give you the information how to contact us in just a moment. Why don't you contact us right away?